And he's like, you know yeah. what? I saw what other people were doing. Then I got really good at it. I did it better. And then I learned to love it. Now I'm rich. Hey, welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. You know me, I'm Rick Jordan. I'm here with Nick Heider. Dude. Yes, sir. What's up? <laughs> Man, everything's up. You're up. And uh, I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Man, I, I'm pumped to have you on. I, I was uh, We were just talking a little pre-show about your bio, and I don't know why I thought I, you moved from California. That's not the case. So I'm sorry if that was insulting in a little ways. No. You know, but, <laughs> you know, the same thing would be reversed, right? If I was talking to somebody from California and they moved from Nashville and then I insulted Nashville, that wouldn't be good either. No, no, no. Right, right on. Dude, I, I love of every part of our country, though, when I when I talk about it, and it's, it's the United States, right? And you're going to get me on a Absolutely. soapbox before it's where my brain goes, you know, because we're all people, and I think that's really cool because I'm seeing a lot of we get very personal on the show too, man, and Wonderful. I'm seeing a lot of what you have here, and it's just such cool personal stories, you know, and you can tell that it's really defined who you are now. Yes, sir, absolutely. Um, I think that's the coolest part about the. The evolution of becoming oneself is you 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 go from hiding from your faults and your mistakes of the past to being almost proud of them yeah you know right what on. i mean and and uh um especially just like and you start with like being a parent or in your marriage that's the easiest place to start with um just because i guess maybe you've got a better audience <laughs> but uh, is it better sometimes um, no, sometimes maybe <laughs> uh, you know well you know I, I've, you're a family guy too yeah. and um and, and and beautiful family by the way thank you thank and, you uh, so I, I would say you have a great audience and that's actually um my wife's a desk behind me. We actually share a space. So, oh, dude, um, that's awesome. Oh, absolutely, man. I, yeah, I, man. I think one of my first ten episodes, I had a a dude on who he was really talking about how to make like the husband and wife work together thing actually function well. And that's yep. something that my wife and I were never able to do, you know, and it's also like you said, you, you know, embracing your failures and moving from them. That was a failure in my part. You know, I don't know right. if in her part so much, but we just figured out a long time ago that that just wasn't something for us because we just function so differently, but it also came with the different identities that we have too. And it's yes. okay because we have collaborative identities, of course, in our family and what we're going after in life as a whole, but our paths sort of like run parallel and support each other. It's pretty, it's Absolutely. pretty cool. But yeah, coming together from a work perspective is something that would just never work for us, uh, but it's okay. So I commend you, dude, that your wife's desk is right there behind you. You guys share the room. That's yes. awesome. We always have. We've been, um, I met her in the workplace back in the day and we have literally worked together. That's how we became friends first. And, and all that and nice. um you know it's um it's been an absolute blessing she anytime i get to spend time with her she's just everybody like loves her man she's just yeah. uh, such a fun person to be around and and this is by choice we have a nice big laid out office with uh, with others with other rooms and everything and but when we built this space out about a year ago 
this back room where we're in right now, it was we, it had to have both her desks and mine. That's awesome, man. Before we get into the nitty gritty of things too, because you're in Nashville, and I, I spent uh, a few years ago, there was a, an IT mastermind group that I was a part of that was based in Franklin and really, really Nashville. Okay. So right down the road. You got it, man. Yep. So, I mean, in the city there, downtown, you know, of course, there's Broadway, which is always a fun time. But, dude, yes, you and I are two dudes that look like we like to stay pretty fit. You know, it's it's something yes, that, that drives us. One of my cruxes or, or vices, if you want to put it that way, every time I go to Nashville, I have to stop at Biscuit Love. Have you ever been to Biscuit Love? Okay. In the um, Gulch? Yeah, that, and that's, that's, yeah, that's a great one. Um, highly recommend it. Basically, anything in the Gulch is, yeah. is phenomenal. But, yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. That's wonderful. Dude, they've got the, they've got the, the Hyde Park. I don't know if the, well, it's a park something or whatever, but it's a, it's a burger that's on a biscuit instead of a bun, and then they put pimento cheese on it and, like, this habanero berry jam. It's just this yep. insane piece of slop. It's a nice and, it's a knife and fork burger that is just incredible to me man and that's uh, i dive yep. into those things i like to talk about <laughs> moderation too you know a lot because dude if i ate that every day i'd still be 280 pounds like i was eight years ago you know not now oh, wow <laughs> yeah it's well you know it's it's cool one that none of that stuff that they put together makes sense yet it's absolutely it paradise so right? so, um, i think you can put pimento cheese on just about anything right <laughs> and that's a whole nother uh, a whole nother story but yeah man to to um, and I was always really fit, especially being a professional athlete. But yeah. after our, our child was born, my, the majority of my 30s was 20, 30 pounds heavier. And I was never comfortable. And and um, to perform at the rate that I want to perform, the only way to do that is to for the physical portion to be able to do that. You got to be able to last and maintain throughout the day. So that's been a huge piece, just like I'm sure it is for you. Yeah, man. Let's dive into that real quick, because even like stupid stories like Biscuit Love, like I brought up, will even something leading to something meaningful, like we're starting to talk right. about right now. You were a professional baseball player in your 20s, yeah? Five five seasons? Yes, sir. I did. That's um, awesome, I, man. Uh, I was uh, um, a above average high school player, um, but I actually grew like three inches in college and um, in when I got to college, I weighed like a buck 65. Yeah. When I graduated, I was like 205, right? So um, I was a late bloomer, um, late maturity. I'm still probably <laughs> developing the maturity portion now. But um, Different I was way. fortunate yeah. enough. I, I have a, a nerve disorder that put me, it had put me huh. down for some time. So immediately I was uh, a health risk. So I did not get drafted, even though I had an amazing senior season. Wow. And, um, but I was the, the, um, a, a scout from the Florida Marlins gave me a shot and got me lined up um, actually with independent minor league system so that I could make a little bit more money, have a little bit more opportunity um, to do that. And I was able to play five years. Um, I did quit on my own terms. You don't, uh, the joke around here is that I made hundreds of dollars in my, in my baseball career. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's um, funny. Yeah. But, uh, but it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I got to play in front of tens of thousands of people on TV. I got to sign autographs and do all kinds of cool stuff, um, speak and all those things. But um, we had started a company here in Nashville that had kind of taken off and made no money versus was making what at the time was a lot of money. Sure. And it was just like, do I chase this dream and maybe make it or do I, and let this die or, you know, just make, I, I chose the, the business at the time and, and um, I would give anything to play another game, but it was probably one of the best decisions that I ever made, you know, to, um, 
to get that ball started. I feel you, man. You know, I I was a semi-pro musician too, and of course, music is big as na- in Nashville, especially the the Christian music aspect, right? And that's where I yes, was sir. in. That's the realm that I played in. You know, I was a an ordained pastor, and I was a worship leader always. I launched, helped launch three churches in Chicago. You know, and same thing, man. Awesome. I've played in front of thousands as as a front man. You know, with a guitar, yep. right? The dude, the dude, and it's been mm-hmm. five years since I've done that. And I look back and it's the same thing. It's like, man, if I could have like one more night, right? Because that would be a lot of fun just because of that. But then I realized, you know, because there's a lot of things that happen no matter what you're in. When it comes to politics and whatever industry or segment or profession that you're in, there's politics in baseball. There's politics in church, you know, in in worship and every... Big down there. Oh my God, yes. I think every pastor really should be a politician, man, first, because it's it's the same skill set, brother. It really is. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when I was uh, when I was that, and then things, of course, you know, like they do sometimes in politics, they take turns for the worst, and then people started siding with me over the lead pastor because I was the number two, and I never took a salary, man. They wanted to pay me six figures, but I'm like, you know what? I got my business. I'm good. I do this because this is my That's core. Awesome. I want to impact awesome. people. Yeah. So, so the music side of it, I'm with you on that. Just like you, baseball, saying like, I wish I could play another game. I wish I could play one more, one more night, one more gig, one more show. Right. Lead. Yeah. lead people and worship again, play my guitar. But then I realized like eight months ago that what I do now, and maybe you can relate. I'm curious about this because yeah. what I do now, and I was just telling my wife this the other day because I hadn't yet in eight months when I realized this, I hadn't articulated this yet and that I get the same fulfillment out of what I do now because it's still impacting and influencing lives and helping yeah. them get where they want to go. It's the same rise, man. At least that's what I yes. realize. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, the coolest part about the game, aside from um, there's nothing like having that, you know, the feel of the crowd and the energy. Oh, I bet, yeah. And, and all that kind of stuff. But I, the coolest stuff for me is when they would actually, like, as a rookie, my, my first few seasons, I felt like I was a rookie every year. But um, the, the rookies usually go do, like, the speak at the school or um, do this at the local. In the minor league systems, you're usually playing in a small town or small city. Yeah. And uh, so you may be um, going to speak at the their big grocery store, um, standing outside and talking to people, whatever. And that was like so uh, for me, that was so cool coming back. Um, and the college coaches and the high school coaches would ask me to come speak to everybody. That was that kind of was the segment into 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 what we got where we're at now. You know, that was so 100 percent agree. It's definitely about. Um, about helping people once you once you get right with yourself and you've you've developed a good relationship with yourself then and you know how good it is you see everybody else that they don't have that you want them to have it they have to have it yeah right on yeah for sure i saw a quote i'm sure you know who mike rowe is right from dirty jobs back in the day yeah he's a cool dude and i saw a statement from him the other day. I think he was responding to a hater, which he's probably the best. He probably has the best comebacks to haters on social media out of anybody that I've ever seen, man. <laughs> All because right. I, look him up and look at some of the stuff that he's done. But first, his comments are so intellectual, and there's no way that you can argue with them. You know, for a dude that was right. like in the tunnels, you know, in, in starting that out in like the sewers in San Francisco or whatever it was to start the Dirty Jobs series, to how he can just articulate things is mind blowing to me. But the dude actually started in sales. You know, I'll give you 
DC. He was an opera singer yeah. that went into sales and then went into filmmaking. So it's an interesting path. But his his statement around what we're talking about now was something to the effect of, you know, dirty jobs like wasn't exactly his thing that he wanted to do, you know, but he saw other people doing something like that, like that sort of like documentary film style or series style. And he's like, you know, yeah. what? I saw what other people were doing. Then I got really good at it. I did it better. And then I learned to love it. Now I'm rich. That's it. <laughs> exactly. The part that really resonated with me was then I learned to love it. Yeah, and the, when you're coming out of like a thing, because I mean, for like you, right, with with baseball and me with, with music, when you're coming out of those things that were such a big part of your life for so long, and now mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, what do I do with myself? Because it it becomes part of your identity. At least it was for me, man. As I'm sure baseball That's was, it. yeah. But then you, that you, is it. <laughs> you get into something, you still find something, man, because there's other things that you can use your gifts and talents for. When you end something that you feel is so positive in your life. Life, and you feel like you need to move on for that because everything has a season. You know, it's a nice pun for that, right? Nothing lasts Absolutely. forever. You know, everything changes. You know, that's even like scriptural is that everything shifts, man. Yes. There's seasons for everything. And you move mm-hmm. on from those things, but you don't you don't dwell on those areas. And then what you're doing next may not be something you might have anticipated, but it's very right. possible that you learn to love it because there's tiebacks to everything that you did. I love your perspective on saying that you don't you know, regret anything as far as you, you moving on from that. Of course you want another game. Dude, I want to play yeah. again, right? <laughs> I want to play again, man. I love love how our hearts are connected on this so much too man but Absolutely. you can you can learn to love it yes you you definitely can and obviously my wife and i are um our, our big our big uh we're very religious people we're followers of christ and um you know that was how we found the relationship with ourselves yeah through yeah it's for him, you know, so um, and that, that's kind of the way we we structure all the things that we do. But um, it, it's the you t- you hit you made a huge point um, with the identity crisis. I every until you get to a certain place and you're wearing the suits to the ballpark like you do in the big leagues. And yeah. like we saw the NFL guys doing it, which is freaking awesome. Um but when I first got out of ball, like back then I wore like what would be like wind pants and T-shirts all the time, ball caps, right? Yep. And I, lo- I remember looking in the mirror months after I was had played my final game and I decided that, that part of me was over. And I looked in the mirror and I saw the same person that was there when I played. And that means everybody else is seeing me the exact same way. I had an, a major uh, identity crisis where I, I had to reinvent myself. I didn't know who I was. I changed everything about me about the way I look and everything so that because I'm a uniform guy when I get dressed in the morning it's game time you know that's my uniform but I had to change the uniform we talked to uh, a lot of our teammates and agents here um, about that is you know everybody knows you to what you have been to this point so if you want them to see you different you have to give them an opportunity to do that yeah and one of the things you can do is start with maybe the way you the way you dress or the way you look Dude, that's a, that's a good perspective too, because you know we're at my cybersecurity company, right? We're a little we're a little lax. I mean, tech is known to be lax as far as dress codes go, right? You yeah. see Zuckerberg, I think, you know, and Steve Jobs, you know, back in the day too, man. I mean, he was always in jeans and a black turtleneck, but that was his yep. uniform. That's what he wore yes. every single day. And like Zuckerberg, he wore the jeans and he wore a black T-shirt every single mm-hmm. day. You know, he's a, yeah. Ever since he had to go to the Senate hearing, right, for the Cambridge Analytical stuff, that's 
when he changed his uniform a little. It's like, yeah. maybe I better wear a suit to this. But, but even with that. <laughs> I bet he wore a suit when he was asking for his first loans or oh, you know, sure. all that kind of stuff. Right? And Jobs yep. did too. They earned the right to do that. And that was the big thing for me is when we first opened our uh, our insurance agency, because out of all the stuff that we've done, the, in, the, the insurance agency is where we, how we made our mark and was able to do so many other things. It was, it's how we got on the map. But um, like, I want, if I walked into a room full of a hundred suits, I had to figure out how I was gonna be the one that everybody remembered. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if I didn't get a chance to talk to every single person, then what did I have left? And that was like, well, what could I put on my jacket or wear or do that was going to make the, yeah, there was all those suits. There was that one guy that had the flower on his lapel or something like that, you know, um, to make it stand out. I was just trying to separate myself from everybody else. Dude, that's right on. You, There's seasons even with, well, fashion changes too, right? So I'm, I'm coming out of a phase right now because you know, right now, I mean, you see me, I've got a t-shirt on, but it's a branded t-shirt. It's me. And mm-hmm. when people that see the symbol, fire, by the way. thanks my man. Thanks. <laughs> that's how I still like broadcast my, who I am and my core, because I was wearing a lot of Robert Graham stuff for a while too. And I, I like that because it's loud. And I always felt yeah. that, you know, after I dropped my 80 pounds, I moved into this phase of like, shoot, now I'm thin and I'm fit. And and I feel amazing. I think when I walk into a room that people need to know who I am and how I feel inside just by looking at me. And that was a way that I could do that, man, was just being loud in my clothing. And I'd get compliments all the time on it. But now, I mean, what I do, you know, when you're wearing loud stuff like that all the time, it doesn't look very good on camera. So again, it's coming back to seasons. And even like mm. Zuckerberg, man, you know, when, when you put this stuff on, you know, it, I love this because it's your uniform. And the uniform, I think, can be different for everybody. Of course, dependent upon where you work or what you're into, but even like Zuckerberg, right? Wearing a t-shirt every day. But when he had to go to the Senate hearings, the dude popped on a suit. Just like you're saying, when he (laughs) went for his first loan, he popped on a suit. Your costume is nothing more than what you're saying right there, which is so powerful that it's game time. When you put it on, whatever it is, dude, wearing sweats, or whatever, you know, in the morning and just uh, this whole stay at home stuff that we've had going on, right? With the pandemic mm-hmm. and all that, with everybody doing Zoom, you know, it's like, you know, business on top, party on the bottom, you know, people not even putting <laughs> on pants in front of yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I, I, I tried it once, right? And I, I've been on Zoom for years too, being in tech, right? I tried it one yeah. time, man, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, I mean, I even popped out a jacket over the t shirt. I'm sitting there in like shorts, you know, nobody can see it. But I could see it. Right. And that's something that killed my mindset just for that one single meeting was not being completely right. compa- prepared head to toe physically, which affected my mind. You know, right. so what, do you have a morning routine? I know I do. But do you have a morning routine prior to putting on your uniform? What do you do? I do. So um, my, uh, my son, he's 11. We actually... Um, I've been huge into uh, in fitness, obviously, to be be an athlete. But um, as I as I get older and closer and closer to forty, um, which is this year, it was I want I cared more about just being overall healthy, being able to keep up with him. But I also wanted to look, my clothes to fit a certain way, so I changed my stuff. So I started focusing on more body weight stuff. We, my son and I, work out um, five days a week. Awesome. Before he goes to school, before he does everything in our living room, we got the stuff. That's what that's how we stay grounded. We don't need the big fancy stuff. It's just us in our living room, and the element's great. Um, with the best of Van Halen rocking out like crazy, you know. Um, <laughs> him and I, I have a smart coffee that I love to have um, with my lemon water, 
and uh, and and then it's uh, and that's kind of like my meditation period before I even really touch the phone or anything electronic. And then once um, once once we're done with that workout and I've had my uh, my two little cups of, of of liquid goodness, it's it's time to rock and roll right then. And it's it, we're getting locked in and ready to go. That's awesome, man. I love how you're talking about working on at home too, because it's something same thing. All I work with are dumbbells and a rower. You know, it's a Nordic track rower, but the Nordic it's like the I fit the the top of the line one because it gives the videos. Yep. It's like the Peloton of rowers, you know. And yep. that's something I just invested in this year back in March because I wanted to add cardio. But prior to that, dude, it was nothing but dumbbells, you know. And you can get fancy, you can do whatever else, but it works yeah. because why does it yes. work? Because just like you, dude, it's consistent. That's yeah. the big key. It almost doesn't matter what you do. Of course it does to an extent, but if, if you don't have the discipline and consistency, nothing's going to work right. for you. Whether you go to a gym or whether you stay home. And now with all the gyms that close this year, you know, I'm saying I'm oh, like, man. man, I'm glad I got into these disciplines 5 years ago <laughs> because right. home works well for me because I can get up it's it was like another barrier for me, man. I don't I want I'm wondering if it is for you is actually getting up, changing, going to the gym, then coming back home to try to keep going. It it was just a barrier to me versus having a little breakfast before I work out and everything is right there under the same roof. Yep. That's 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 uh, that's the best part is is um, it is right there and we're not having to get up and go or travel or that's all that is is you're giving yourself a bunch of reasons why to get to get out of it you're giving put yourself a bunch of crutches to lean on um, when things might get tough so yeah I, I actually have um, I saw your setup on 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 Instagram the other day I have those, that, those are the, dumb, the dumbbells they're the best that's what I got the that's all I ones. Use. yep that's it. that's it they have been out of stock since March too man because it was like there was a run on them because I was going to even get some for the office or as gifts for some of my people because they were staying home and working too that way I'm obviously I'm big into nutrition and fitness from a fit I just want to be fit that's it I just want to have my body right so I know my mind will be right and that's what I try to help my people with too man so some of my top people I was going to get them those dumbbells and I couldn't find them anywhere then I was looking at like for like the Chinese knockoffs and even those went out of stock nobody had them man it's like you had to jump on it and maybe that's another good point too because opportunities will always come and like we're talking here is that I was prepared because I've already been doing this for years before something hit before this crisis hit before circumstances were changed and even though this probably wasn't the same way in all areas of my life because everybody had to adapt with what happened this year but in this area which is something that set my tone for the rest of my day every single day was my morning routine that's something that did not have to change when all this stuff hit with a lot of people it did and i'm sure that's why we got increases in depression man i'm sure that's why we got increases in body weight like the quarantine 15 it all ties together man you know that's because people are trying to form new disciplines now in the middle of a crisis and that's almost impossible to do you know even with Mm -hmm. cyber whatever even in what you do with insurance it's it's difficult to to try to help them rewind the clock in insurance i'm sure and say you should have had this coverage two months ago Right. Yeah. Just like with what I do in cybersecurity, it's like you should have taken this protection two months ago before something happened because we're trying to set those disciplines and consistencies now. That way, when something does, it's you don't skip a beat. Right. It's, it's almost like most people's lives are running them. They're not running their lives. You know what oh, I mean? They're, man. 
they're reacting to everything. And most of the time it's too late. There's two ways you make decisions based yeah. on necessity and based on what you want. And you know what? The ones that you want, usually those are the easiest ones to stay consistent with. Yeah, for sure. Yep. You know what I mean? So when you when you decide that I want the better relationship with food, I want the better, I mean, you, you literally can perform at amazingly high levels when you're just w- with what you consume food wise and just getting that 30 minutes to 30 to 60 minutes of just physical stuff a day. You just got to have it. Yeah. Um, every, it's got to exercise those muscles, all of them. It's crazy how little it takes too. You know, cause yes. I mean, when I got fit, you know, it was only like three to four times a week. It wasn't even five times like I do now. And like you do, it was only three to four times. And that was depending on the week because it was every other day. So one right. week it would be three, the next week it would be four, just because it was every other day. And it blew my mind as far as how little it actually took to get right. into shape. You know, it was just literally the consistency and, and the yes. discipline to freaking do it. You know, and that was mm. only through that you're saying 30 to 60 minutes at the beginning, man, because I was coming out of a bad surgery. You know, I couldn't yep. even do 10 pushups you know, because I was right. so weak from what happened to me. But now my warm up before I lift is 150 pushups, you know, and that that took like two years to build up to that point too, especially coming out of the weakened state. But if you can always jump off the bandwagon, man, and you can always say, you know, screw this. I'm never going to get there. The only way you're not going to get there is when you say, screw this, I'm not going to get there. If you just keep doing it, you're absolutely going to get there. And you did it for the right reasons. You did it for you. Like everybody it's always looking for the quick fix. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, the, what's the fastest way? What's the? It's almost like the one of the cheat codes to to get to a certain place, and it's different for everybody. You know, um, my wife is my wife and I found out that for us, um, like we intermittent fast a lot, and that makes. I got if I eat anything during the day, I don't feel good. Yeah. I don't perform as high yeah, as, as high as I do when I don't. You know, so. Um, you know, I have seven meals a week with um, a little bit, maybe some fun on the weekends or something. I, I love the donuts and the ice cream as much as anybody. Dude, but the day after yes. you eat them, you feel bad. For sure. Absolutely. Dude, I love the ice cream and the donuts, too. You just hit like my top twos. I feel a little better. This is chasing a bit of a squirrel, but I feel a little better when I go to Whole Foods and I get the oat milk ice cream because it's non-dairy and it's made from oat milk. And it's, oh, dude, you should try it. So I don't know if you've had it, but it's the it's made by So Delicious. It's oat milk, oatmeal cookie. It's got little chunks of oatmeal cookies in it. And there's also a salted caramel one, too, a salted caramel chip that is, oh, it's got the caramel swirls in there good god uh, anyways yep. that's what that's what i do so or i'll stop and get a donut every now and then too which is typically yep. like once a month dude i was in minneapolis now i'm really like chasing squirrels i was in minneapolis i had the best donut i've ever had in my life in minneapolis sure. it was called cardigan donuts i even brought a dozen home they were so good walked them through the airport through security man and i was like i hope these guys will like confiscate this stuff because i don't know i never bring food through except little protein right. bars or something i've got a whole freaking box of donuts that i stuffed inside my kitchen carry on you know and all i could think of i'm like these tsa agents man they better not steal my donuts <laughs> these things were so good i mean this was like gold that i got sitting in here you know i'll fight you for it for real yes absolutely public figure rick jordan gets thrown into prison because he fought a tsa agent today over donuts <laughs> oh my god oh lord dude can we backtrack a little bit because i know you you were um you played baseball for five years you said you ended on your own terms can I dive yeah. in and ask you what were those terms and why did you want to move on from that? 
So um, my off-season job and where I met my wife, there was um, when Nashville was the what we call the old Nashville before the big the big boom. It was always yeah. a big happening city. Country music and music row was always great. Um, but before the big boom, um, there was a the hottest place in town is where um, I got my first off-season job. And um, that's where I met my wife. So every time I went back in the off season, my first year I did what was called the promotions team. I basically stood out on Broadway and was like, hey, if you'll come in with me, I'll get you in free and get you a drink. And that was my job. It was awesome. Um, and then the next year I came back and I did security. And then the next year I came back and it was like, you're going to be the bar back and a bartender. And then the next year I DJed. By the time I was, I'd gone through that, I'd done every aspect, like every part, a part of that business. And we were kind of good at it. So when um, we started a, uh, before camera phones, we had started a company where we just basically were going into bars and taking pictures of having a people, uh, people having a good time and then posting the photos on a website and they would go there to get their photos and the traffic just blew up. Um, we got sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, Red Bull, you name it. Um, they, they were partners of ours nice. and, it was, and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, but the, um, after our first year of that company, we had enough money that uh, me and my buddies who were partners, it was like, we should buy a bar. And we did. And we had five of them over the next like five years that we opened. And um, we were we were really good at that portion of it. We had, I, had, I had no idea how to manage money. I didn't know how to pay myself. It, that part um, was a total disaster. But the actual businesses themselves were really good. Um, they did a great job. So when I left, it was that was why, because I went from making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year to our company had profited like 100 grand. Um, in its first 12 months and with low overhead and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was a, it just seemed, it seemed natural, I guess. Um, plus I, I was uh, chasing the girl and every time I left, I came back and it was further away and, and all that stuff, you know? So, cause I'd actually started ask, asking my wife to just hang out with me when I first met her. And it was like eight years before <laughs> we actually did anything, just the two of us. Man, that's fun. That's a fun story in that in that regard too. That's cool that these were. Yeah, I see it. That's right in front of me. Look, that was in 2002, man. There's something funny you said too that that was before camera phones. And I also caught earlier today or earlier in the show that you said that you're turning 40 this year, right? Yep. Which you don't look like it, by the way. I'm 40 right now, right? And, and I'm, I'm yeah, like, I was gonna say you don't look it either. Oh, thanks, man. I, <laughs> I had someone tell me a couple weeks. It's like, dude, you look like a. They couldn't believe it. Like you look like a solid 34. I'm like, man, I will take that every single day that's fantastic thank you <laughs> yeah. i think that was my best year physically with 33 <laughs> that's fantastic man so you have these bars and you know i've been in the bars on on music row i've been in the bars on broadway and some of those man i can't believe because i look around being a businessman now i look around when i'm there and i can't believe the amount of money that's thrown around in those places you know yes. and there is no so for me you know when i really you know when you're 21 you really don't know a good alcohol is right my kids will know what good alcohol is because even at like 12 years old i'm having them smell my scotch when they turn my, yep. when my twins thir turn 13 this year i actually gave them a sip there and they're like oh my gosh this is so good but i've been prepping them for years because i don't know if this is going to work or not right but when right. they turn 21 it's going to be like and say they go to college whatever they're doing they're going to be around friends and their friends are going to be like here have a bud light and they're like get that away from me you know yeah. which hopefully they avoid all the stupidity unless it's something right. that actually matters and counts and like you know what i'm gonna go out and buy a bottle of mccallan 
even my daughter, you know, whatever is it, you know, I, I think I'd rather have some scotch or maybe like, maybe like a $30 bottle of wine or something like that, you know, G- give me some yep. more in Swift. That's, the, that's the plan. I don't know if it's going to, it's my theory right now, right? Because I'm still like eight years away from that. Thank God. They're going to have it anyways. Exactly. At least now they're, now they're not hiding it from you, right? right on. So that's, you're way ahead of the game. I'm right there with you on that. I feel that. That's right awesome, up. man. When I compare that to the bars in Nashville, and I know you were saying that you know the business that you had did really, really good. Man, I'm just yeah. looking around there, and I'm seeing how much cheap liquor is being churned through those places. It's just mind-blowing. You know, and yeah. the whole reason, I mean, you're either doing like premium price and selling less quantity, which is what my my whole business model is based off of, or in a bar on Broadway in Nashville from what I see, you know, it's just a lot of cheap liquor, but they're pounding so many of those things, man. And it's very yeah. easy because it's like a different mindset. Rather than saying, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy this McAllen 18 that costs 350 dollars a bottle or just caught me sixty dollars for this single glass of it yeah or can i go grab a five dollar shot of something that's going to make me feel crappy but hey i could have 12 of those shots versus having the single glass of really good scotch yeah so there's a different mindset there and you know what was for something like that because this is intriguing to me right because i've never been on that side we're talking like high volume low price points what's the structure around that to where you can really make that rock like the the marketing genius behind it how do you push that type of business so At that time, um, again, it was a little bit different. Um, Monday through Wednesday or Sunday through Wednesday, downtown was not, even the honky tonks were not what you would see today. It's seven days a week, almost 24 seven. It's a great party down there. And it's always been a good time. So they basically just took the, the culture that was before. And now it's just all day, every day, 365 days a year. But back then um, your Saturday night for us, we made sure that um, our sales on our Saturday night, no matter what, um, even an average Saturday, which we always did better, but on average Saturday, we would, we'd, have, we'd have our break even, we'd have the revenue to pay for all of our bills after Saturday. So then Friday was profit and Friday usually it was a little harder and they were slower and you had to do uh, in-house promotions to get people in. Um, back then, your Thursday night, if it was either a college night or you'd book an act or you'd hire a promoter to come in and do stuff. So your margins were cut, but again, it was all just going towards the um, uh, just growing the bottom line yeah. um, on those. So um, that was our, our model back then that you're technically were supposed to be open four days a week. And honestly, it was hard. Just, I mean, seriously, we could open up on a Tuesday if we didn't have a promotion or anything and not a soul walk in the door. Wow. Um, and this is, we had, I, we had the spot on Broadway, you know? So, um, it was, um, it was, it was a different place, but it was, um, it was a lot of fun. The wife and I got out of it just because I, honestly, it's more me than her. I wasn't mature enough to, um, you, the way we ran it is we, we couldn't just, we weren't just the owners that weren't there. We were a part of it. So, yeah. um, the people that were, that came to our bars, they came for the, to the bars for the bar, but they also came for the people. And for my wife and I, I, I wasn't just, I, I just wasn't near the person that I needed to be near the man I need to be for her. So that's why we got out of that business is we wanted a total uh, lifestyle change. When you, when you do the majority of your revenue past 10 PM, it makes it, it makes things cha- uh, challenging. Oh, sure. Raising a child. That's um, a different so, life, man. Yeah. Yes. That's almost it, like it was. And that's why we got out. That's yeah. for us. That was, it wasn't because we had failed at it by any means. 
we just we needed we had to have a change yeah yeah i feel you man that's good that you recognize that too you know i just saw your pictures i looked down too it's fun because you look like all proper in this photo here (laughs) (laughs) i mean totally not like the dude that i'm talking to (laughs) Right. right. <laughs> I look at this as like, man, this guy looks like he's gonna like browbeat me just uh just to get just to get me in line, you know. It's almost like a this is you know what this is? This is like a coach photo. No joke. Yeah. Because it's someone that I would go to to be like, okay, I want to level things up. Yeah, and right. I know that this dude's gonna give me the straight truth all the time, even when I don't want to hear it. That's why right. I, I mean, it's a, it's a good photo, man. When I talk to you, you know, I can't imagine you ever being this guy right here that I'm looking at. But is, is this really like a different side to you? Well, there's a. I take we take what we do seriously, but not ourselves. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah. So, um, but there are certain aspects of anything that can that can be uncomfortable or where just you know you have to do things uh, make decisions or be a, be a certain way be a certain level of you know it's not all fun and games all the time it's mostly that way if you want to be but sometimes you have to do some uncomfortable things just like raising a child sometimes you have to be stern you know so yeah we can do whatever we got to do whenever we got to do it whatever whatever the situation calls for and whatever is best for the person we're dealing with for um first and foremost. So yeah. And sometimes that person has to come out. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. That's not the person that I typically like either, you know, cause it, it, there's times to where my people tell me, Hey, you know, are you grumpy today? You know? And I'm like, no, I'm just focused. That's all it is. I'm like, when, when I get focused, it's like, when, when I'm just direct, does that mean that I'm grumpy? I don't think that means that I'm grumpy. It just means I want to get stuff done. That's all yeah. it is, you know, cause it, you're right. You know, it can't be, can't be joking all the time or lighthearted all the time because sometimes you just, just kind of step on the gas man and as a leader you set that tone too and it's it's good because i think that at least from my perspective i think it is one it's good that my team has the comfortability with me to say hey are you in a bad mood today and then it's uh, that that's solid because i'm able to say no i'm not this is just stuff that we really need to get done and then they're like oh okay well awesome let's crush it you know and then they're right there with me the whole way so when the coach comes out which is typically in those types of scenarios you know and I, i was training one really like coaching through one of my people the other day who also manages some individuals below him and I was trying to give him the structure and he's like you know I don't want to like really come down on this dude and he was as he was going through like our it's our level 10 meeting right with traction and as we were talking yeah dude i love him as he was talking about the you know the 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 team or the client or the employee part of it and saying you know there's it's an issue here but it's not it's definitely not terminable no it's just this person is growing and has opportunities and i need to coach him through this stuff you know but i don't want to hit him too hard too fast i'm like I, i don't think that's the problem you know i think the problem is that you probably have not been direct with your expectations and it's from a managerial perspective when you say this is what i need that's not being offensive that's just literally telling them what it is unless you're able to set that bar clearly and consistently there's no way that they can ever follow you as a leader you have to be able to be direct and you can be direct without being an asshole it's 100% possible to do that, you know, whether it's tonality or, or everything else. But it, 
one thing that if you hold back to that I've discovered as a leader, if you hold back when you're saying direct, you know, if you don't come from a place of confidence, they'll question you or they will take offense to it. But if it's just a solid place of confidence, say, hey, this is what I need. Okay, no problem. Just (laughs) that's really what you'll get almost every single time, man. You know, you've run teams. What do you see? The um, anytime there's an issue, it's you can always trace it back to the communication. No matter what, I've never seen one problem where they were like that happened because they communicated too well. (laughs) I'm going to steal that line, brother. (laughs) Go for it. We uh, we start there. We start with the we start with the communication. It's something that uh, especially this year um, there's been, you know, the. 2020 has been, you hear it all the time, 2020 sucks, 2020 this, 2020 that. 2020 for us has been awesome. It's yeah. been great. Yep. Um, and, 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 and it looks like it has been for you guys as well. And it, we've grown, not just the team's grown, the business has grown, but like personally, we've grown because of the challenges that we met head on. We didn't run from them. Right. When all of a sudden we're very community driven here in Nashville, which is, different than in our industry it's very lead based uh from internet lead based right and the majority of ours we're the square peg in a round hole most of ours comes from the local market and it's a it's a big local market but we were we found out about the second week of quarantine that i looked at my wife and it was like all the conversations at church at the at the ballpark at all the concerts and anything else that we might go and do friends and stuff we weren't having them anymore and we had to replace them they can't just not happen. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we it, it challenged us to to find new platforms. We used Zoom and stuff a lot too. But now, I mean, literally, I've been on it for probably four or five hours today already. Um, and then and now I'm talking to you virtually as well. So um, we've just embraced the the opportunities that have come along with this because when when uh, however things return, whether it's back to normal or as close to the way they were or whatever, we're still going to have all the new things that we learned now. And so we're, we're really excited about that. We've, the time's more valued. We spent way more time with our family during quarantine. We worked twice as much yet. I spent more time with my kid. It was freaking awesome. That's awesome, man. I love that too. Same here. Cause I travel heavily, you know, and during those first two months, I didn't go anywhere. And that was right. just so unique for me, you know, cause even up until the beginning of March, I already had, you know, cause I typically stay in Marriott's uh, over a hundred nights a year. So I'm at their ambassador level, their highest loyalty level. But even through March, I had already had, you know, 30 nights in or something like that. Wow. Even, even through, yeah, just, a, the, so I'm talking in like two and a half months, I'm talking in just 11 or 12 weeks or so it was 30 nights but then uh things picked back up again but i was grateful for that time that i was just able to to be with my family and almost go through like a little bit of a reset because dude it was tough man it it really was because everyone adjusting even though my kids were in an online private academy before all of this hits you know, so they didn't have to adjust to e-learning and the stuff that's in public schools now is not the right kind of e-learning. They're just trying to, you know, yes. substitute. Good Lord, man. I, I feel bad for kids and parents, too. It, it is really bad. You know, and they're trying to adjust, but we, it's it's trying to take a 100-year-old system and then shove it into 2020 when they should have back to our conversation about trying to make the changes before the crisis happens. This yep. is something that should have been modified 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? Or even yep. when technology started getting more prolific like 15 years ago when things started really taking off for the, these yep. types of meetings, these virtual meetings that we're having right now. Should have happened 
that. Now they're suffering, but there's certain academies like what my kids are a part of that they didn't have to adjust with that. They just kept rolling because they've been in that now for two years. And it's amazing yep. because it's self-led and self-paced instruction with videos, and they're able to text message their teachers when they need help and have the one-on-one whenever they need it. Otherwise, kids are brilliant, dude. You know, and I, I know not every kid learns the same, but still, I don't think adults generally give kids enough credit. And I hope you're with me on that, like with your kids, because I see that they can learn so much faster than what our public school system allows them to learn. And it's really right. a lot of educators that are sort of stuck in that, too. And I see teachers, yep. you, got, you got me on a rant now, but I see teachers, Bring it. Yeah, I see teachers, man, because they are not, they are no different than back when I was in grade school. You know, and it's it's the same mentality. It's about everything has to go into the system, and everybody learns the same way, and everybody has to go at the same pace. That's not the case. And then there's other kids that suffer on the high end when they can go faster, but there's also other kids that suffer because they go slower because they don't get that attention like my kids yeah. have right now where they can text message their teacher and set up a private appointment for 15 minutes to say, I'm stuck here. Can you just guide me through this one part because then I'm good? You know, it's, yep. it's an amazing program. But now with everything that we've done, you know, we're talking about adapting and and prior to COVID and during COVID, our years have been great too, only because we already started putting things in place, man. We changed our client rhythms at the beginning of the year in January, just thinking that we needed to touch our clients more, but not yeah. be able to actually go out and see them to do that. That was going to be prohibitive in as far as being able to get them. So we increased our, the frequency of when we saw clients, and that was all done with Zoom, right? We would still see them in person once a quarter, but rather than once a month now we're seeing them twice a month virtually and that was yep. done before covid because we recognize the culture and the the shift in how we needed to communicate with them before the crisis happened that's so yep. important man and i think that really attributes to our success i'm sure it contributes to yours too what did you change prior to this before everything hit that helped you tremendously now well first and foremost um we um with the schools it's when you look at what you get out, so I don't know, I graduated with a class of a few hundred people. All few hundred of those people, we all went through the same system together. So I guess you could say when we got out, everything was, we all had the same, we'd been given the same skill set opportunities, right? And so if you got all these hundreds of people or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands across the U.S. that graduate every year, it's like you're all, if I'm an employer, I'm looking, oh, so you graduated along with the 100,000 other people. So now it's basically it's what, what, what you do next, how you stand out, all that stuff. Now that's when the, the challenge for you really happens. And I think that's where the, the generation, that, that message kind of got lost in the generations because when my, my father went to school, if he went to college, there was a job waiting on him when he got out. Sure, yeah. And now there's more people graduating than there are jobs available. So it's like, that's just, the start. Once you get out, then you got to separate yourself. Then you got to uh, let people know who you are and what you're about and what you're good at. Because if uh, 2000 people graduated with the exact same degree you did, well, what makes you different than anybody else? Oh my God, dude, you're really, you know, have no idea how big this resonates because it's <laughs> first, I think it's funny that you can actually major in entrepreneurialism or entrepreneurship now. And <laughs> you know, there's a professor that's never been an entrepreneur that's teaching how to be an entrepreneur. You know, that cracks me up. 
but that that degree good you're a big kiyosaki fan right he's freaking <laughs> yes, i am him. yep <laughs> oh my gosh he's great he just hits the nail on the head he's so good you got it man i love him too i uh when you look at that degree that you graduate with you know and and College, university, it's really, really good for a lot of industries. There's some it might not be as good for, you know. But when you choose that path, which is okay to go that way, if that's you, when you get your degree, that is your starting point. That's not your finishing point. And everyone that's coming out, I see this a lot, man, because I interview a lot of young, young techs. And when they're coming out of college, it's like, well, you guys are actually like two years behind the currently te- current technology trends. That's great because you were able to, but I got, a, I got a bachelor's or I got a master's. I'm like, awesome. So you just proved to me that you can put together good PowerPoints. That's yeah, you, can, you can finish something. Yeah, right, which is good. Those are good yep. skills. You know, and I've had people argue with me that you know you learn so much for for college from college you know putting together great papers you're you learn writing skills and you learn communication skills you learn you learn how to put powerpoints together I'm like that's cool but you don't know how to do the job that you're interviewing for because you don't have experience in this moment right now which that's also okay but it also highlights too not just the the grade school system but our, our college system man is fundamentally flawed in this way to where i don't really feel like they're prepared not just in education but also in mindset when someone yep. graduates because they're not ready to enter the the workforce as it truly truly exists you know so there's, yeah same here man not at all so you played I, baseball, I and I just wanted to tech. That's how we dealt with it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, it, you're, you, you know, baseball is a business. And one of the reasons that I didn't get further than I did is because I didn't treat it that way. I was yeah. just so happy to be there that I, I almost – it's almost like I didn't believe I deserved to be there, yeah. you know? Yeah, And But if I had handled it like a business, like if I had known then what I know now, everybody can say that. But if I did – um, it would be a, a totally different, it could be a totally different story, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, when you're not prepared to, to really take on all that life can, can throw at you. And, 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 you know, that's, that's not necessarily a bad lesson because it just like when life threw, uh, COVID at us and it changed to, to answer your question from earlier, what we're doing different is, is we made, we did so well on social. First of all, in our industry, there's not, there's not a lot of um, awesome, but one, most in, most insurance, people in insurance don't do a lot on social just due to maybe compliance or legal or whatever. Yeah, same with and, IT, uh, man. We, yeah, we've, yeah, we've been very careful with it. Like, you know, you, you have a, a podcast. That's a great way for you to get out in front of other people and at the same time promote what it is that you're badass at, right? Yep, yep. Same thing, same thing for me. So we embraced the social, but we made a, I was late to bring video in. Like we rode static images to the end of the road. And I don't know if it was because I was scared of the video. It was just, we were so good with the static and we were getting such good engagement off of it. And it just worked so well. I kind of waited till the demand was there a little bit before we made the move. And when yeah. COVID happened, it was like, well, this is our, sh- this is our time, right? This is our shot. So, and I was like, but a lot of people are going to be doing this. So we got to hustle and get back ahead. Cause right now we're just, be- we're, pre- we're current. We're not leading the curve anymore. Yeah, for sure, man. That's good that you started to make that shift beforehand, too. Otherwise, then, yeah, you've got to get back into that place to where if everybody else, if you see something coming around the bend, if everybody else is not doing it, that's the way that you need to roll, period. End, end of yep. story. Man, I I feel like we could just keep going. This could be like a Joe Rogan style right now, right? <laughs> just keep, <laughs> keep trucking, man. It's sad that we have to hand, and this is, uh, I'm starting to mark people down. It's like, okay, I think I need Nick to come back for part two. <laughs> I love 
<laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Maybe in a couple of weeks if we could record that one. Is that cool? Absolutely. Awesome. There's so much that I want to dive into, man, because I feel like we have we share a lot of similar perspectives. And who knows? Yes. Maybe that'll be close to the election too. Maybe we can have some good conversations around that. That'd be Let's funny. Yes. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you. Where can everybody find you and what do you want to direct everybody towards? Um, we're, we're really focused on, so I was, I was late to the game on, uh, on YouTube, but we started building my son's, uh, he's a big, uh, big musician and we were building his oh, YouTube cool. page years ago. And I was late to the game on YouTube, but we've been, we've done great with obviously Facebook where, um, we do well with Instagram. Um, everything's, uh, Nick, at Nick, the handles, Nick Hyder, my name, um, all of our, uh, our team stuff, the team stuff is mostly based, uh, around our insurance agency. We've got a couple offices here in Nashville, a little over 60 agents, um, that make up team Hyder, but team Hyder's the handles for those, um, across all actually it's, it's Hyder team on Twitter. Um, everything else is team Hyder and it's Nick Hyder for everything else on social team nickhider.com and uh and again we're looking forward to launching the podcast i'd love to tell you the name of it but i'm working on finalizing the trademark right now oh sure um, yeah to make to make that happen but uh there's a we there's a video series that's been going on i think there's been 27 clips that we've launched over about the past 30 days or so and that's kind of the prerequisite to the podcast so whenever when's the podcast launching um so we're we're in the middle of building out the studio we're waiting on some equipment okay it's uh, you know what I'm saying? So overseas. So we, our our initial goal is October 1st. It's probably going to be more like October 15th um, when, when we can start shooting those first ones. Um, the uh, like you have a really nice, really way above the above. You look at podcasts and production just sucks across the board. <laughs> For the most part. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I know you went with uh, you were on Brad, uh, Brad Lee's yeah, uh, dropping yeah. bombs as well, which and his studio his his production is amazing yours is top notch as well thank you i wasn't just gonna put two microphones at a kitchen table and call it a podcast we're building that that's what in my mind what makes the besides the content the the podcast legit dude that's and, beautiful yeah because that's yeah. that's what we were just talking about what everybody else is doing that's what you you need to do something else in that so everybody with, with this year it's like everybody and their mom literally their mom right started a podcast this year yep. while, while during the stay at home orders and everything I you know yep. Brad's was has obviously been going for years I'm in closing to the end of my second year now with how many episodes mm-hmm. we have going on but right. it's always been like this yeah to where that was one part that I just wouldn't not compromise on i commend you for that man because what everybody else is doing you just need to do it better that's what's going to set you apart it'd be like if you're opening up your first bar and you're just like well we're we're going to build one but just come over to my house and i'll have a keg yeah. and we'll call it a nightclub you know um or you can go to a nightclub so that's you know if we're gonna if we do it we do it Right on. We go all in, right? So I love it. Yep. That's awesome, Absolutely. man. Let's for real do a part two. Cool. And then we'll promote your podcast at that time, too, because it's probably going to be yes, out sir. at that point. Sweet. Awesome, Wonderful. my man. Dude, Nick, you're amazing. Thanks for being on, brother. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, bud. Same here. All right. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening.
I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.